0: Bye. What is up, everybody? This is March 8th, 2020, and this is Cooper's Chalk Talk. How is everybody doing out there? hope all you guys are having a fantastic start of the week. Um, So today, kind of looking at a couple different things, I want to talk about the coronavirus. Um, Obviously, that's kind of the top-hitting news, so I figure I'll kind of dive into that and just give you a brief little um, catch-up if you haven't been up-to-date with it, as well as just my own personal thoughts on it, obviously. Everybody has their own thoughts if this is, you know, a doomsday thing or if it's just a fly-by-night disease that we won't even be talking about in a couple of years. So I'll give you my my analysis of what I think about it. And then I want to go into Serena Williams. Today is National Women's Day. So I want to talk about Serena Williams as kind of the the peak sports figure, I think, in the women's, um, in that whole universe. I just I, And to be honest with you, I just think she's an incredible individual. Um, and then finally, I'm going to wrap up with some NCAA bracketology for 2020 so going to look at some number one and number two seeds potentially and just kind of looking at some big matchups kind of looking at where the projected field will land you know obviously this is all projections and you know every you know there gonna be tons of upsets and everything like that but um just seeing some kind of crazy upsets this past weekend. And then also just looking into where these number ones and number twos will be potentially playing. It will be kind of interesting. So we'll be kind of covering that as we wrap it up. But first things first, like I said, kind of going into coronavirus. Um, so just to give you guys a couple updates, you know, coronavirus has, has topped over 100,000 actual cases. Um, with, you know, I think the biggest kind of cons- consolidation has been on, you know, outside of China on the Grand Prince cruise ship pulling about 3,500 people with 21 people who have tested positive. So why is that a big deal is because like once that actually docks in Oakland, California, you're going to have to potentially have 3,500 people in quarantine for up to two weeks because obviously this... Um, this actual coronavirus lays dormant in the body for up to nine days. Um, so they're going to have a lot of people that are going to have to quarantine. And if they already have 21 people, if they touch anything, um, any any kind of thing like that, you know, if you touch a uh, actual surface, that virus actually stays living on that actual surface for a maximum of nine to 14 hours. So kind of the fascinating portion of that is if 21 people are just among the cruise ship if they went down to the dining hall if they went and grabbed a drink and you know the other you know let's say 3,500 people if they were even in the realm of that it's likely been passed around so you're looking at 3,500 people in Oakland, California that are going to be um in quarantine so you know once again you kind of look at you know kind of you know the the other big pieces is in italy they have a massive amount of people they have in quarantine right now basically you know from everything that i've read is italy's basically being shut down so italy's prime minister Um, actually announced today, I believe, that there's a lockdown of some 16 million residents in the northern part of the country. So, you know, obviously they're taking it very serious. I think they've had some pretty serious things already kind of take place there. Um, You know, I think that their death toll is going up as well. So I think that there's been, what, 430 cases in the U.S., with 86 of those in Washington State and 79 in California. So, you know, it's been pretty consolidated into those two states. And actually, um, Washington University was the actual first US college to cancel in-person classes due to the coronavirus, obviously, you know, with so many actual, you know, people were getting sick up in that location. And then, you know, there's going to be a domino effect, you know, South by Southwest, obviously, I used to live in Austin was canceled. That's a huge deal, you know, South by Southwest brings so much business and Um, just tourism to that city. So that was a huge kind of loss, unfortunately, for that city. But once again, you know, avoiding any kind of potential spreading of this virus. Um, And then just um, like I said, there was a, you know, there's over 100,000 confirmed cases. But I think on top of that, there's 3,648 actual deaths that have been linked to this, um, been linked to um. Coronavirus. So the reason, once again, that's that's kind of starting to become a bigger deal is because you know you know SARS wiped the case. You know it's blew it out of the water. But you know I think you know the biggest thing that you kind of commonly hear is be like, oh you know like influenza, the flu. You know all this stuff. You know that kills you know like fifty thousand people every year. No, this isn't even near that. So that's like that's kind of the arguing point of a lot of people. And the reason why I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of dive into you know I think why this is gonna be getting made into a really big deal overall all um is because of the actual fatality rate i think it has on you know people that are over about 65 and people that are three and younger so you know we'll kind of jump into that as our next one um and then, just to give you guys some um, some clarity as well, just some states that haven't been affected by this: New Mexico. I, I feel like you know half of my listeners are probably from actual New Mexico. Um, obviously, I went to school out there, so New Mexico is still one of the only states. It's actually the only state in the Southwest that doesn't have a confirmed coronavirus. Um, so, knock on wood. Um, hopefully, that continues. And then the actual Northwest. You know, once you get away from Washington, Oregon, and California, you know you're pretty in the clear. You know, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, North Dakota, South Dakota. Obviously, those. Populations in those states are pretty low in general. Probably not a lot of people going to, you know, Italy and China and all that stuff from those states. At least that's what the kind of common thought it would be. Um, But no cases in there. Um, But, you know, kind of the one that I was kind of surprised at is there's actually been no cases in actual. um, What is it? not road is that Rhode Island? I think yeah, th- I don't think there's been any cases in actual Rhode Island or Maine. So, you know, in the Northeast I would expect kind of everything to be up there in Michigan as well, Ohio, West Virginia. Those all three of those are actually no confirmed cases as well. So, kind of good things for those states. Um, but once again, New Mexico only state in the Southwest that hasn't had a case. Hawaii and Alaska neither have a case as well. Um, so pretty good. Obviously, I live in Arizona. There's been five cases. We actually were one of the first, I think 13 cases actually. We had a, a student at Arizona State that came back from China with the coronavirus. And we just reported, I think our fifth one this past weekend. So um, so the next piece is where are the deaths coming from? California, there's been one death. Florida's had two. Um, it's pretty unfortunate because I think those two deaths happened on the same day. There's only been 12 cases in Florida overall. But um, once again, we'll kind of get into that age um, discrepancy. And then Washington, that's the biggest one. There's been 16 deaths and 106 cases. So Washington's been the biggest actual impact by the coronavirus. So any of you guys are traveling up to the Northwest. I'm actually supposed to be traveling up to Washington towards the end of this month to see my brother so um so that'll be kind of interesting to see what kind of takes place that obviously with that being the epicenter it seems like of the U.S. with with the cases overall um but overall just kind of looking at some of the biggest states you know the biggest number of cases outside of China South Korea has 7,300 Iran has 6,500 Italy 5,800 um and then just some other you know kind of kind of I would say notable ones is japan has 461 we're right behind them with 437 Um, but even like norway i have a a good buddy from norway he has you know there's 157 cases in norway so you know once again this thing is is spreading and spreading pretty rapidly across the country across the world obviously you know we're pretty much a global global economy global travel place as well Um, pretty easy to get from one part of the world to the other in this day and age but Um, So now let's kind of talk about just kind of the way that, you know, kind of the way that I'm seeing and why I do think this is such a big deal. Um, So the reason why I talk about, you know, obviously, you know, like in Florida, great example, you know, there's been 12 cases, but two deaths. Um, so my kind of view on this is the reason why this is such a big deal is because patients that are over 65, you know, I feel like, you know, obviously the immune system has been dropped as you get older and older. Um, but I think the reason why this can be such a big deal is because I can see the coronavirus, you know, if this were to say, get onto a carekeeper or a nurse or something that works at a nursing home, they go into the nursing home. I, I feel like just with the mortality rate that you see in the elderly population so far, it would, it could potentially just wipe out the elderly population, you know, every Every single person that you look in this, you know, they're 60 years old, they have some kind of sickness, they have some kind of pre-existing thing. And most people that are in the nursing home, they already have some kind of pre-existing health condition that's very unfortunate. So, um, so once again, you know, that's going to be one thing to kind of keep an eye on. I think that's one reason why they're making it such a big deal. So, with that being said, is do I think this is like a doomsday thing? Do I think that it's being blown out of proportion to a certain degree? I one hundred percent think it's being blown out of proportion to a certain degree, but I do think it is a very big deal. Once again, kind of isolating those age ranges, you know, patients that are you know sixty five, seventy, you know, getting up in those ranges, you know, those those people have to be extremely careful with this. I think traveling is the biggest thing. Um, my, my father in law just told me a story today about a girl that was in china she had the coronavirus she she went on a cruise had the coronavirus was actually pretty sick um the next day she was feeling better she ended up going to a party in japan so there was obviously like hundreds of people there this girl had the coronavirus and she was just out and about so you know i think that this is something that you know the girl was like 25 years old she was out like partying and stuff and you know obviously just you know just like being sick you just felt better the next day and just went out and just thought nothing of it but obviously this is a a much bigger thing because this can spread very rapidly and the reason why i say that's such a you know I think that it's being blown out of proportion to the degree of like you know they make it make everybody feel like they're all going to be on lockdown. There's going to be you know people are going to be dying you know just randomly left and right. I think the bigger thing is is that this this could be a very very generational kind of killing virus if this doesn't get kind of contained to a certain degree. Is you know patients that are you know that get this that are 70 years old. If all of a sudden you see just like mass amounts of people that just get wiped out out of nursing homes because you know the spreads into nursing homes. Then you're kind of looking at an epidemic of you know an elderly population that we no longer have. But then on the flip side of that is, you know, if this gets into hospitals and starts wiping out, you know, infants, you know, babies, you know, toddlers and all that stuff, then you're looking on the complete opposite spectrum of, you know, then all of a sudden your your youth is missing as well. So then you're kind of stuck with these bookends. You don't have anything younger, anything older. So then, you know, you're it's just kind of an epidemic as far as it's, you know, starting to wipe out a certain population and everything like that. So that's why I think this is such a big deal. Um, Now, once again, you know, this this whole thing of like people running out and buying, you know, truckloads of water and bath tissue and all that stuff. I think that that is blown out of proportion. But once again, you know, that's also stuff that you're going to use no matter what. So, you know, if you have it, what's the big deal? You know, essentially, if you really do believe that it could be this big or you're actually worried about it, what's it going to hurt if you have like an extra three cases of water? You're probably going to end up going through that at some point anyway. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, And then also same thing with, you know, I I don't understand the whole bath tissue thing. I don't really know why that's such a big thing. You know, if you get the coronavirus, you don't start like shitting yourself immediately. So that doesn't really make any sense to go buy a ton of toilet paper. You know, it's just kind of what buying it for lasting reasons, I guess. I I don't know. That's that's one thing I don't really understand. Um, And just so everyone knows, if you go to Walmart, they still have toilet paper. I know Costco was sold out um, over here. They actually didn't have any paper products at all. Um, But nonetheless, it's, you know, that you can go get it at Walmart. Um, And then on the flip side of that is there's, a you know, while the economy is taking a massive shit all over itself and just destroying everyone's portfolio right now. And anybody with 401ks are taking a pretty big hit. um, Once again, I still stand by. I think this is a good thing for the global economy, but especially for the U.S. economy. I think this pullback is a good, healthy pullback. I think that as much as I don't like losing money and watching my stocks decline, you know, I think it is extremely important that, you know, as an economy, we kind of level ourselves off because we were on such a high for so long that, you know, we're kind of naturally pulling back, hopefully. So that's kind of one thing I think you're going to start seeing, especially this upcoming week, um, just because there's been a lot of optimism coming out of China this upcoming weekend, um, saying that they're starting to feel more like the debt tolls starting to kind of Come down it's not at such a rapid um incline, and then also the actual cases that they're saying that they are reporting has kind of i don't want to say level off by any means, but it's not spiking as much as what it was you know they're not having you know forty thousand new cases you know over a three day span that's not what they're really seeing. So, um, so once again, that, that I think that you're going to start to see the stocks kind of flip around. So once again, you know, obviously, you know, I hate to make you know any kind of sickness or any you know potential deathly thing happen about money, but you know, once again. Money makes, you know, a ton of the ton of the world goes around based on money. So there's a lot of people that are fixing to make a lot of money on this time frame because, you know, just like all those masks, all the Purell stuff, all that stuff is sold out everywhere. Well, I can guarantee you that there's a lot of people that have gone out and bought these things overseas and bringing over them back to the U.S. and selling them. Um, on eBay, on you know all these different sites, and you know once again, the kind of sad part about this is, you know, obviously people need them, so they're buying them, which is a good thing. But on the flip side is, you know, people are turning a massive profit. You know, I, what me and uh, me and my wife, we bought some masks because we were going to the Philippines, and we bought like one of the last, I think, three boxes in the entire city of Phoenix during that time. Um, and we still have them, and we were like, "Oh well, should we sell them, or what should we do?" And we looked on eBay, and they were going for like sixty bucks for the cert for this actual mass that are actually the ones they recommend to travel with. It was just like, it almost seems like criminal. You know, we bought them for like 18 bucks and then to turn around and sell them for 60. So we didn't sell them. We ended up keeping them because once again, we replanned another trip. So we have we have a trip upcoming and, you know, to be honest, we'll probably still wear them no matter what. So, um, and the whole thing with the mask, once again, this is just from everything that I've heard. One of the biggest reasons why you wear the mask is to protect yourself from people sneezing and coughing and all that stuff. But also you protect yourself from touching your mouth. That's a big thing. So obviously if you were to sit, and just count how many times you touch your face over an hour you'd be shocked you know it's it's in the 20s 30s 40s how many times you just touch your face so the nice part is if you have that mouse that mask you naturally eliminate the amount of times you touch your face um, and you you're actually making yourself more aware because you have something on your face so that's one benefit of it. That's probably why we would actually wear it. Um, I have a terrible, um, I have a terrible habit of putting my hand underneath my chin and kind of messing with my messing with my lower, you know, right below my lips. So it would be a nice thing to have something protecting me. So. Uh, but, anyways, that's my whole take on the coronavirus. You know, my wife takes it very serious. You know, and she always asks me. She's like, "Do you think? Do you think I'm making it a big deal? Do you think it's too big of a deal?" And you know, I think anything with sickness. I think obviously, you know, I think you know, precautions never a bad thing. Now, I think that i think some people are going a little overboard. You know, people going and buying you know truckloads of water and stuff. But once again, is you know, is it an awful thing? You know, maybe not because you're going to end up using it anyways. But Nonetheless, you know, I think a little bit of precaution is never a bad thing. Um, You know, it's not like me and my wife are going to Italy, even though they have fantastic prices, you know, just, you know, it's being smart about it, but... Um, not going to lie. Like if you want to go book a trip to Hawaii, which, you know, we were kind of looking at um, and you can book a trip to Hawaii right now. We found a round trip from Phoenix to um, Kona, um, which is actual Hawaii, the big island. Um, we found a round trip out of Phoenix for like 430 bucks, which is like unheard of. Last week it was 600. So, you know, it's already dropping 200 bucks, but i going to continue dropping. So. Um, So, you know, once again, if you look at these places, you know, Hawaii doesn't have any cases of um, of the coronavirus. So technically, we'd be flying out of a state that has coronaviruses to a state that has none, Um, obviously being very clean and protecting ourselves. We don't take anything over there, obviously. But um, but nonetheless, you you know, if you're smart about what you're where you're flying to or going, you can find some really good deals right now. So some benefits, you know, if, if you're being smart about what you're doing. So. Um so that's the whole coronavirus thing, something to kinda talk about and just kinda some good ideas. So, um so going into the next one. Um obviously, you know, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. I didn't know today was National Women's Day until I got on, I think, like Instagram at like ten or eleven AM and was I saw I was like, Oh shit, it's National Women's Day. I didn't even know. Um so, you know, my whole thing was I was like, All right, like I wanna like highlight a woman, you know, you know, whether it be you know i 'm obviously a huge sports head, so I knew it was going to be an athlete, but you know I wanted to have it to be like somebody who I thought was a very important figure in women overall and um the reason why I chose um Serena Williams is because she actually has twenty three Grand Slam single titles, so she 's only one behind um I think she what 's his name I think she 's only one behind I know his last name's court um, Court had won 24 grand slam singles, so Serena's only one behind, which is an, it's an incredible feat that she's done this. And I mean, once again, this is a girl that, you know, she's she started off extremely young. She started playing tennis at four years old, which is remarkable. Um, she's born in Michigan. They moved to Compton, California. That's where she started playing tennis. And then um, her parents moved all the way over to, um, Florida, I think like around Tampa somewhere, um, to get her into an actual, um, tennis Academy. And then, you know, she played over there. Um, she played, I think her, when she was nine and 10, she played in an Academy, you know, and then, you know, she, she had an incredible, incredible go at it. Really. Um, I think, you know, between like when she was like 10 years old or something, she had a record of like 46 and like four or 46 and three or something like that. Um, and she was ranked number one in juniors, um, And there was that, you know, once again, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, like before Serena Williams, you know, I, I just don't know if there was another like fantastic African-American, let alone female African-American, um, tennis player like i don't think that was a thing so there was a ton of racial segregation you know whenever it just came to like you know parents you know this so that was one thing that her dad kind of talks about you know you know reading through just some of the transcripts and whatnot that you know of why he raised his daughter's the way he did and what he did um because honestly like what he did with you know all of his daughters that played tennis was a little bit unique to what he did but um but obviously it worked for him um but you know there was you know there, there was a huge not only you know, gender disparity there, but also racial, you know, that it was just something that you didn't see all the time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting to kind of see. So, you know, his dad, you know, his dad actually had both of the Williams sisters actually homeschooled. He actually took on the full-time training once the girls, I think were like 11 years old. So they were actually in this academy for two years, moved to Florida, did this academy for two years. Um, and then he just kind of took over, kind of did his thing. Um, So, you know, I think that that's that's kind of a fascinating fortune fortune of it because, you know, that was just honestly like, you know, a father just kind of taking his best bet, like being like, well, you know, had disagreements with the coach, Um, obviously dealing with, you know, this racial stuff that, you know, it's unfortunate that it happened. But once again, this is... This is all the way back into, you know, what the, you know, probably the 80s, early 90s. And, you know, I know that doesn't sound like that long ago, but, you know, really the the true facts of it is, is that the U.S. is, you know, as far as, you know, all facts of, you know, progression, I guess, is like a civilization. If you look even like 2010 to 2020, it's been massive, you know, massive in you know, upgrades as far as, you know, much less. You know, I guess disparity between race, gender, sexual identity. you know religious beliefs you know all that stuff you know there's much less disparity between you know like an African American now versus you know back in the eighties nineties let alone two thousand ten so um so that's you know it's a great thing to see and you know obviously I think nowadays people look at that and they're like you know there's you know there's there's much less of that that takes place so you know I can't even imagine what um what you know obviously Serena and Venus both had to deal with whenever they were young girls, let alone their dad um So kind of crazy, you know, whenever you kind of look at, you know, when these girls actually became, you know, big time players, you know, they really got on the scene, I think at like like 1996, uh, 1998, around that time frame. Um, And, you know, they just basically been crushing it ever since, you know, Serena, I think she, you know, she's had a number of injuries throughout the years. It's kind of crazy as you kind of look back, you know, it's like every two or three years, there's a pretty hardcore injury. And if you've ever watched any tennis, I mean, she's actually, she's, she's incredible to watch. I mean, the way she she hits aces the way she runs around on the court, you know, she plays at an incredible intensity every time. It doesn't matter if she's playing, you know, an unranked person, you know, if she's playing the top ranked person, she goes as hard as she can the full time. So, you know, obviously that's gonna have lasting impacts on your body over time. Um, but then let alone, you know, she you know, she She was pregnant. She had a baby, you know, and came back, and she came right back to it. You know, she's had it. She had another, um, I believe she won a grand slam after the baby came, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying to look up. Um, First time since maternity. Um, so yeah. So I don't know if she actually won anything since she's come back. But once again, she's already been. You know, she's been. I think she's been already playing pretty decently, from my understanding. You know, I haven't really, I haven't really seen anything pop up in the news as of late. Um, the ones I always see are um, the two young girls that are just crushing the tennis world right now. But the other thing that kind of is kind of fascinating about this as well is, you know, she talks about, you know, the disparity that they have in, you know, between women and men when it comes to actual pay for tennis. And, you know, I've looked at this in a bunch of other sports, you know, basketball, you know, the the. And once again, I'm not trying to justify this by any means. But the way that this kind of works is whenever you look at women and men in basketball is the revenues the actual produce are night and day. It's just it's totally different from what an NBA basketball team brings in versus what a women's basketball team brings in. Um, And I think that that's a big reason why there's a big difference in actual pay when it comes to women's and men's basketball. But whenever you actually look into tennis, anytime I've ever watched any tennis, men's or women's, I mean, the crowds are stuffed either way. So, you know, I I don't think that there should be any kind of money difference between the two. I mean, you know, they're both just extremely iconic when it comes to the sport of tennis. I don't really see one being stronger versus the other. So... And then, you know, the other thing that I kind of listen to, you know, whenever I work out, I actually listen to motivational speeches whenever I work out, you know, so I'll get in the gym, you know, hop on YouTube. And I usually put on like an hour to an hour and a half long motivational video. Um, And I've listened to Serena Williams talk and she has this kind of mentality of she just doesn't think she's going to lose. Every time she gets on the court, she just, she always goes in with the mentality of that she's going to win. You know, she's gone and played injured. um, But, you know, everything that she ever says is, you know, when I step on the court, you know. I think that I'm going to win. There's not a single person that I think that can take me out. Um, and then once again, the great part about tennis, it is, a you know, she plays a lot of singles. So obviously, you know, it's, you know, it's kind of one against one, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's, it's that classic mindset. So I think that that's kind of, I think that that's kind of something that's, you know, extremely not only interesting but also something that you know is powerful to kind of hear somebody say and then you know the the other thing about Serena Williams too is whenever you watch her play you know you know everybody always kind of you know they whenever you obviously listen to tennis you hear you hear them kind of do that serve umph, and whenever Serena does it it 's literally like if you, don't, if you have the volume up on the TV and you can hear it pretty drastically so I mean this woman hits the ball with extreme force, and I mean you know whenever you look at other tennis players generally they 're pretty petite you know sometimes they 're tall, sometimes they 're a little bit shorter, you know that i don 't really see a huge difference in actual height but Serena williams is she 's jacked you know she 's built like a house i mean she 's incredible. Um, you know huge legs you know great 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 um, athletic features as well but you know great the great thing about that is it changes what the mindset is when it comes to a tennis player and that's I think something big once once again is because you know in the women's world you know I think you know it always goes back to figure and look and features and stuff like this and I think Serena's basically wiped that all off the mat you know she's a unique person in all facets Um, and just something that I think, you know, obviously, you know, me and Jenny were to have a daughter, something that, you know, I've, I've talked about sports and stuff of like what I would want our daughter to play. And, you know, tennis would definitely be something that I would, I would push our daughter into. And I think that, you know, this would you know, she's a great um, model figure for young aspiring athletes. And so kind of end with that. I think that it's a, I think that it's a great thing. I think that it's, you know, it's somebody that, you know, as the, as the sport of tennis grows, I think that it'll, she'll continue to be kind of that, um that Michael Jordan figure, you know, kind of the best of all time. Cause you know, once again, you know, she's, one behind court for the all-time um, singles grand slam wins um, so you know I just don't think that she will probably tie that I imagine she'll probably beat that so you know once again you're looking at kind of the best to ever do it um, so kind of wrapping up with that and kind of going into um, NCAA um, just some bracketology some number one seeds I think as of right now um, and if you guys if you guys don't follow basketball kind of try to give you guys some some stuff just to kind of catch up on. Um, but the number one seeds this year, um, kind of, it's been a really weird year in basketball. Like, every weekend, major number ones, number twos have lost. It's just kind of crazy. So, um, I was actually just in Vegas, what, two weeks ago? Um, and I had a bet on Baylor. Of course, they lost to TCU at TCU, and TCU is like bottom of the pack. So, just one of those years, just a weird, weird year in um, NCAA basketball. So, March Madness, I'm guessing, will be a wild one to say the least. So um, number one seed you're looking at, San Diego State, I believe, is still going to be holding on to one. I think they're like 27-1, but they did just lose the Mountain West um, Championship to Utah State. So that might play a factor. Um, Baylor number another number one um gonzaga once again they're always dangerous and then kansas number one i think one of the interesting things is you know you look at what number twos could overtake um san diego state and i wouldn't be surprised if san diego state gets a number two seed and maryland gets a number one seed because i believe maryland just won that big 10 championship um they beat michigan today actually pretty handily too they beat about like 12 um and the end of the game, I mean, they just they, they just got on a run, hit some really solid threes, and they're just a good team. You know, you watch them, they rebound the ball, big, great big man play. So um, I think that's, you know, out of those five teams, I think those will probably be your number ones. Um, I think Maryland, San Diego State, those are the ones that could probably flop potentially. But kind of the best part about that is they're probably going to be in the same division. Then, you know, they'll probably be in, you know, either the East or, you know, the West, one of the – or North or South or whatever. But – um what is it yeah south midwest or whatever so nonetheless I, I imagine they'll be they'll be in the same bracket so you know if you have the number one the number two is playing you'll end up having san diego state and maryland playing each other um other number twos, kind of keep an eye out. Dayton, um, another number two. Once again, I, I don't think that there's a bigger college fan base that wants to see their team go far than Dayton. Uh, this is just a team, and it's really – they they have some fantastic they, – they have one guy that's going to be a lottery pick for sure. So um, Dayton has one of those guys that can really take over a game, and I think it's something to kind of keep an eye on. Um, other number twos potentially, um, Florida State and Duke, which once again, it's kind of interesting to see those guys right there. Just the only reason why I say that is because – the ACC has been hot garbage this year to me. I feel like no team has really looked that great. I mean, Duke lost by like 23 to North Carolina State, which is an unranked team. Um, Florida State, I've seen them drop bad games as well. I think they lost to Clemson. Um, so, you know, it's just it's one of those teams, but once again it's all about who gets hot. I think some of the other number 3s that might pop up, you know, Kentucky just won a big game. I actually didn't watch it, but um one of my other one of my other um group threads buddies sent off the this text about the the game. I guess Kentucky came back and won that and I feel like in this time of year whenever those teams have those crazy wins, that's kind of what sparks it. Um but nonetheless, you know, other potential number 3s, Seton Hall, um Villanova, Creighton, I think maybe Oregon, Penn State, those guys are potentials, um, Louisville, who else, I think, maybe like an Auburn, I think that might be an interesting one, um, Auburn made a crazy run last year, actually had Auburn losing last year to New Mexico State, and New Mexico State had every chance to win that game in the first round knock out Auburn, um, but they ended up missing, I think, like a free throw, guy shot a three, and I think it like literally hit the top of the back of the backboard, it's just way off, so Um, So that will be kind of interesting. Um, Just a couple hot picks. So if you guys guys are looking at futures or anything like that, or you guys are filling out a bracket upcoming, just a couple teams to kind of keep an eye out. Um, Arizona. Once again, I live in Arizona, so I feel like I'm biased to a certain degree. Um, But they're super young but at the same time as they can do everything they have guys that can hit threes very consistently they have great big man play um and once again the pac 12 this year has been shockingly really good i think arizona state is going to get in i they'll probably be a pretty decent seat as well um but arizona has had some key wins i think oregon is probably the most over team um i've watched them i've watched them win like five games in overtime um, once again that's just kind of stuff that you have to do but a lot of times it just you know, so they just have been getting a couple of those balls to go their way, um, which, you know, will be kind of interesting to see what kind of happens. But a couple other teams to kind of keep an eye out. Um, I think Colorado can be very dangerous. Once again, great big man play, super athletic squad. Um, BYU, I know that sounds, you know, obviously no one really pays attention to BYU, it seems like kind of off on their own, but they're actually a really good squad and they play good team basketball. Um, so kind of another team to kind of keep an eye out. And then, you know, the team that's kind of, you know, they they did, weren't flying under the radar to start the year, but they kind of have now because they kind of fell off, had a couple of bad losses. But, you know, they did beat Penn State um, is Illinois. Illinois, they've kind of been flying under the radar as of late. You know, they've been playing so, so basketball. They didn't have a great run, great showing in the Big Ten tournament. Um, But nonetheless, you know, I think that this is a team that can probably get hot. And, you know, once again, it's kind of all about that to get hot at the right time. Um, And then, you know, I think the 512s, I think that that's that those are always the most interesting matches matchups. You know, those are always the the ones that you can kind of see some some pretty big upsets. Um, You know, I think that. You know, every year I think that that's one that I really I usually have like two or three, five, 12 matchups from the bracket that I'm kind of looking at now. You know, they have Michigan State against uh, Stephen F. Austin which Michigan State freaks me out. Every time I have them going far in the tournament, I feel like they shit the bed. And then every time I have them losing early, they make it to like the sweet 16. So I I just, I never get a good read on Michigan State. Um, Then this other one, Iowa and Liberty. Liberty made a run last year. I actually think Iowa's a really solid squad. I think that they're really, really well put. Um, And then this other one I have is West Virginia playing either Utah State or Cincinnati. I just watched Utah State beat San Diego State, um, hit a clutch three to kind of take over that game. But once again, they were down, I think, I think I want to say they were down like 15 like in the first like seven eight minutes of that game and they kind of worked their way back um, but West Virginia West Virginia is another pretty solid squad every year they put out a good team I I'm not gonna lie to you I haven't watched a ton of West Virginia basketball um, so I don't really know how good they are then the other 5-12 matchup that I have is Butler versus Northern Iowa and I love betting Northern Iowa during March Madness and I know it sounds weird because who pays attention Northern Iowa Northern Iowa is one of those teams that I just feel like they get going in the tournament they play in a pretty weak conference they always show pretty well they usually win their division I I don't know if they won their their conference this year I'm sure they did um but nonetheless, it's a team that's going to be dangerous in the tournament, especially against a Butler squad who's hasn't shown very well this year. That, you know they've had runs; they look really, really good. They've had runs where they look like they can't even hit a layup. You know they just have bad free throw shooting sometimes. Um, so I think that that's one to kind of pay attention to. Um, out of all those five twelves, all the other ones I mentioned too, I actually like the five. It's, I actually like the fives. I take Iowa, Michigan State. Um, and probably West Virginia if they're playing Utah State. Um, Cincinnati, once again, same kind of thing. I feel like feel like they're a team that plays pretty well in the tournament in in regional in in general. So that might be one that I would take Cincinnati over West Virginia. Once again, this is just all a mock. Um, this is just the most current one that I've been seeing what they're kind of projecting people. So um, kind of paying attention to that. Obviously. March Madness is fantastic. I was actually supposed to be going to Vegas this year. Um, pretty glad that I'm not going with the whole coronavirus as we were speaking about earlier, but um but I one of my good buddies just moved to Denver, so um so ended up not going. So um but nonetheless I think that's gonna be something to kind of keep an eye on. I think oh, and one other team to kind of keep an eye out on is Houston. Um I think the coach that coaches Houston is a fantastic coach, great coach. Um, really smart guy plays good basketball, and he always has great players. And it's when I say great players, I mean I'm not just talking about like physical, athletic freaks like the guy that's from Ohio State, but they just they just overall they play really good basketball, team basketball. They always usually have a really solid six man off the bench. So even if they get a guy in foul trouble, they usually have coming in, somebody coming in off the bench. Um, and Indiana has been it up and down um if they do play indiana once again that's kind of the matchup that i see there but um but nonetheless um but guys i'm gonna wrap this up hope you guys have a great start of your week hope you guys got some info out of this and once again if you guys ever have anything or you guys want me to go over anything want some information on something um just shoot me a dm on instagram shoot me a text if you have my number um but nonetheless hope you guys have a great week and um stay healthy out there bye guys what is up, everybody? This is March 15th, another episode of Cooper's Chalk Talk. Definitely a very interesting week since the last time I was on here. Um, obviously, kind of everybody preparing for the worst with coronavirus. Obviously, I did kind of my own little um, personal thoughts on it. And then, of course, Joe Rogan came out with a podcast that was fantastic about it about two days later, which was really good. Very, very informative. Um Glad that I felt like a lot of the ways that I was kind of looking at it was the similar way that the kind of expert was talking about it. So felt good that at least I was in the same ballpark. I wasn't just throwing random thoughts out there, just a crazy person. Um, but nonetheless, again, crazy week, coronavirus kind of happened. Um, I actually had my grandfather pass away in Illinois, so I was actually flying during this time. I actually just landed back in Arizona um today um flew through Chicago midway. So um but nonetheless it was kind of um it was really good seeing the family and everything and you know it's just kind of a crazy time in general. You know, it's you know just talking with family and stuff. You know, my brother lives in Washington, so we had to fly through Seattle, obviously in the most cases up there. Um but it's just kind of a wild time to see, you know, genuine kind of concern just for, you know, easy travel from what it would be. You know, I think Flying from Phoenix to Chicago never used to be that big of a deal, but, you know, obviously flying during one of the craziest times is definitely, um, definitely there, you know, numerous people, just normal looking people with tons of face masks, you know, everybody had Lysol wipes and hand sanitizer and all that stuff. So nonetheless, kind of a crazy time to be traveling. Um, but I, in general, you know, the one benefit was obviously I was able to get up there for relatively cheaper than it probably would have been. Um, but on the other side of that as well is it was really good to see family get up there and uh spend some time with my brother, and my mom. Um so overall it was really, really good. To see some of my cousin stuff that I don't get to see all that often. Um obviously I have uh, been out of the Midwest and whatnot for a long period of time. So I don't always get able to see a uh, see a lot of my family for the most part. So overall, really good experience. I think um, you know, kind of starting off, just kind of wanted to obviously kind of hit on some of the stuff with um with not necessarily the coronavirus, but um, my wife has this lady that her mom gave her called Baba Van Vanga. Um, it's a, um, I believe it was Bulgarian. It was like kind of a Bulgarian future teller to a certain degree. She was blind, um, but kind of interesting. My mother in law in general, she always kind of finds these like crazy prophecies or. You know just this kind of stuff she'll go and see the monk and stuff out here so it's always kind of an interesting time whenever we kind of include that into our normal discussion with my mother-in-law so she kind of went through that so Overall, just who is Baba Vanga? So better known um, as Baba Vanga, the Nostradamus of the Balkans, um, was a Bulgarian medium and seer so famous for having prof- prophesized many events in the 20th century. So, um, just naming a couple, I believe she called Princess Diana's um, death kind of crazy that that would happen. I believe that she called the 44th president would be um, actually African American, which is you know once again it's kind of crazy that she was able to call that. Um, And then, um, and then what was the other one? She, she called something else that I thought was pretty, pretty fascinating. Obviously the big one now is that she, um, she supposedly said that there would be a virus in 2020. Um, and she actually, in the actual verbiage that she talked about, she talked, she said Corona in the actual context of the verbiage saying it would be all over people. So, um, once you kind of dig deeper, you know, according to her, you know, it's 2020 is going to be a pretty rough year. Um, she said that, uh, that um, President Putin would be actually killed by killed from a security panel um, that they would actually turn on him and end up killing him, so once again, kind of wild um, and furthermore twenty twenty would um, would have a seven point five magnitude earthquake that will hit Asia next year and many human casualties, so in general, you know kind of a kind of a crazy bad year whenever it comes to her actual predictions um but you know she actually predicted you know kind of the kind of the crazier stuff if you kind of go in deeper is she kind of said that um in 2023 humanity will experience drastic changes on the planet because the earth's orbit will be drastically altered and then um also going through it just says that like in um that in 2100 mankind will have to develop technology to such a point that we'll be able to construct an artificial sun so You know, once you kind of go through, you know, it sounds crazy, but, you know, once again, if you would have told me that, um, basically the entire country would be shut down by a, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, an unknowing virus, essentially, um, don't really know how severe this is going to end up being. Um, but if you would have told me this, you know, you know, even a month ago that the entire U.S. will be shut down, that, you know, salespeople can't get to go do their jobs, schools are being shut down. I think, you know, my, um my niece is up in Washington, they can't go to school for six weeks, you know, I have a buddy who's a teacher in New Mexico, he can't go teach for three weeks, you know, and um, and then, you know, again, you know, I have, a, I have a buddy from Norway, they pretty much just shut down Norway, they're not letting pretty much anybody in or out of Norway, so, um, you know, just in general, you know, the whole global environment of it's kind of wild, um, so anyways, so talking about the Baba Vanga, um, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the extent of it, but again, it's kind of, you know, you know, it's, it's as deep as you want to take it. I think that, you know, um, my wife and her mom, they, they get kind of into these kinds of things. And then all of a sudden they go down a rabbit hole. And then, you know, an hour later they're coming out and, you know, some of the stuff they're talking about, it's kind of almost, it almost like takes your, takes you back a little bit. Cause you're like, it's kind of wild that, you know, once again, this lady lived a long time ago and you kind of look at some of the stuff that she called, you're like, well, you know, nonetheless, it's pretty impressive. You know, obviously she died in, um, 1996, and be able to be, you know, calling stuff 24 years later. She called that the the you know the year of her death if she was making these predictions. Um, you know, nonetheless, it's that's pretty, it's pretty impressive. Um, so that, anyways, that was just kind of a little touch on that. You know, I don't, I'm not really too well rehearsed in this. I didn't even know this person existed until um my wife brought it up to me. Um, and she told me that I had to say that my hot wife talked about this. So there we go. It's on public air that, um, my hot wife brought this up. So there we go. (laughs) Um, anyways, um, so then the next portion, um, just talking about, once again, I was just up there with my family. I think that this is something that, um, that I thought it was kind of, you know, once again, I'm trying to take some of the light off of actual coronavirus. I feel like anywhere you go, any news outlet you're looking on, it's, it's 100% about coronavirus. So um, just talking about going to see family. You know, I think that, you know, as you get older, I think that this is something that becomes more and more important. And I think that it's something that, you know, for myself, you know, me and my brother we were sitting around, we we're smoking a couple of stogies last night before I had to um hop in the car and drive up to Chicago in the middle of the night. But, you know, we we're smoking a couple of cigars and just talking about family and life and stuff like that. And it really is kind of crazy as you as you go through life the the kind of difference that you kinda of go with your family is, you know, you're you know whenever you're a young kid, teenager, you know, you're, you don't know anything else but your family, so you're really close to them, obviously, you talk to them all the time, um, almost kind of becomes an annoyance, because they're always around, but you don't really realize that it's probably the most time, you know, for the most part, you're probably going to spend with your family for the rest of your life, um, you know, and then all of a sudden, kids go off to college, you know, if you go to school out of state, or you move out of the house, or whatever, you know, you're kind of in your own world, and to be honest with you, you know, for myself, once again, I I know everybody is just a little bit different, um,